0: we go. Welcome back to Only the Important Stuff. I am your host, Jeff Heinrich. As always, thank you so much for listening, sharing, giving me feedback, you name it. Uh, means more than I could probably ever put into words that you would come along with me on this journey. Uh, very excited for today's episode for a number of reasons. One, looking forward to getting to know this man a little bit more than I have in the past, while two, uh, getting to hear his perspective on what it was like to coach me and all my buddies from Augie. So. Without further ado, welcome to the podcast, Mr. Brett McCabe. How are you doing, coach? I'm doing good, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. Been a, been a while. It has. Jeez, 20, 22 years. I think I you know, kind of kept track of you a little bit through Ross, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's been a while. That is for sure. How How is life treating you? Where are you at nowadays, first of all? So uh, everything's good. I'm actually in San Mateo,
1: California right now. I'm, uh, nice. I'm the athletic director at a at a private school out here actually just started in January. Okay. Um, My family actually is still in Texas where, where I've lived for the last 20 years. So um, okay. they're, they're going to join me in the next month. We let the kids finish their school. Okay. Very yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. So, but yeah, I'm out in California now, which for me, it was a chance to come home, Jeff. You know, sure. I've, I grew up in Sacramento, just up the road from here and uh all my family's still there. So this was a chance to finally kind of get kind of get back closer to family and uh
0: my mom and dad are, they're not getting any younger so I just want to be around them a little bit ain't that the truth ain't that the truth um well, that's exciting that's exciting is that is that kind of a departure from what you were doing before going back there <clears> or, <throat> or were you doing that in Texas as well yeah, so no, I was doing the same thing in Texas for the last ten years.
1: Um, okay. I was the athletic director at a, at a private independent school out there in Dallas, also Parish Episcopal School. So um, I was also the baseball coach for the first couple of years. I was that I was at Parish doing that, and then I just uh, switched over and just became the athletic director full time because it was a pretty big job that required my full attention. So sure. no, this is something that I've been doing shoot for the last for the last eleven years. So uh, yeah, this is kind of. Kind of what I do now. I'm out of the. I'm I'm out of the coaching field. Do you miss that? I did originally. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, much like everything else, um, it was necessary, right? Um, the position itself, the administrative type position, the athletic director position, it required just my full attention all year round. Sure. I found out that I wasn't a very good athletic director during the spring when I was coaching baseball, right? Because there just wasn't enough hours in the day, and I just yeah. couldn't. I couldn't be everywhere at, at, at any given time. So, um, it was necessary. And then with my kids, you know, I have two kids and with my kids just growing up and wanting to have the ability to see them and be involved in their lives a little bit. Um, it kind of helped, you know, dropping that coaching piece too, cause it freed me up more. Sure. Sure. So two kids, <laughs> boys, girls, both. Yeah. How about how that? I got a, I got a, I got a boy Easton, Imagine that named uh, my son Easton (laughs) thought he was going to grow up to be the next great baseball player. Right. And ironically enough, doesn't play any sports at all. Wow. (laughs) He's a gamer. He's the gamer. He likes to stay in his room and game with all his buddies, uh, uh, on his headset, but, uh, he's a freshman in high school. And then I've got a daughter, Ella, who's a sixth grader, just started middle school this, this past year. She's my athlete. She, uh, she's into volleyball and, um, I know it's early. She's young, but I think she's got a chance. So, but yeah, it, all is good. They're healthy and happy. So, uh, that's awesome. That's I'm awesome. good.
0: That's very cool. Very cool. Um, so I'm going to, we're going to go kind of like back in time, right? Uh, I want to hear kind of like <laughs> what your journey was to becoming like the head coach for the baseball team at Augustana. So like, what what were you doing? But I know, obviously I know you played, you know, college pro ball, like all yeah. that stuff. So just, Give me the, the clip notes version and how the heck you ended up in Sioux Falls, South Dakota.
1: Yeah, boy, that that was crazy, right? Guy from Northern California ends up in South Dakota coaching. So when I got released from professional baseball, um, I already had my undergraduate degree. I had my bachelor's degree, but I was looking to get my master's degree because I knew I wanted to coach at the college level. And I figured if I had my master's degree, I'd I'd have I'd be able to get any job basically at the college level. So as I started looking at jobs at the collegiate level, um, I needed to get in in a position where I could get some help, meaning I could get some financial assistance with that. And at the time in division one, the only way you could do that would be as a volunteer assistant. So you'd basically be paying your whole way to go to school while you're assisting the baseball program. So that wasn't really a viable option for me. So okay. I uh, decided to look to the division two route. And funny enough, one of my old coaches had been a graduate assistant at South Dakota state up in Brookings, South Dakota. Yeah. So I put a call into him to see if, um, if he would put in a good word for me and try to help me uh, maybe get in up there. And I was lucky because the graduate assistant at South Dakota state at the time was just leaving. So they were looking for a new, uh, new assistant coach. And uh, yeah, it just worked out. My old coach put in a good word for me. I interviewed for the position. And so I'm on my way to Brookings, South Dakota as as an assistant baseball coach, while I was also working on my uh, my master's degree. And just to, just to give you an idea of how green I was about the idea of living in that kind of the, (laughs) the United States with that weather. So I actually moved up there without a winter jacket. I thought that I would just be able to layer, right? Like maybe a sweatshirt, then I'll throw another light jacket over that. I had no idea what I was walking into up there. (laughs) No, no. But that's how I ended up at, you know, at South Dakota State, obviously. So then I spent two years there, right, as the assistant coach. Um, And then I got my master's degree. And then after that, it was time to move on, right? And so at the time in my mind, I really kind of wanted to go, I wanted to be an assistant coach at the division one level because, you know, I'd only been coaching for a couple years. Sure. Um, I wanted to continue to gain experience and be around other people who could help me grow and learn. Yeah. Right. And so I was, I was exploring some options out there, but then the job at Augustana popped up and it was intriguing to me because one, I was familiar with them because we'd already played against them the last couple years. Um, they were right down the road. So it was about 45 minutes South Yeah, and, uh, the chance to be a head coach. Um, it piqued my curiosity a little bit because I thought how cool would it be to be able to build your own team? Yeah. You know what I mean? In, 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 in your mind of what you thought a team should look like. For so, sure. um, yeah, so I, I threw my name in the hat. I ended up, ended up interviewing. And next thing you know, they offered me the position and, um, at the time, it just felt it just felt right and just felt like the right move, and uh, so I jumped at it. I figured if I could go down there and be successful as a head coach at a Division II school that had limited scholarships, you know, it was an expensive school, you know, things that were probably working against the average coach at a school like that. Absolutely. I figured if I could be successful there, that would just um, really – set me up to be successful for any job afterwards. So sure. uh, I just looked at it as a really, really big challenge
0: that I looked forward to to doing. And a- so I went for it. Absolutely, absolutely. And so your first year at Augie was 97, 98? Correct. In there? Um yeah. And obviously you had some familiarity with them because you've been, you know, South Dakota State, uh, you know, in conference, right. all that stuff. So, you know, you're walking in first year, you know, you're taking over, first time as a head coach, obviously, you know, you have tons of baseball experience, but, you know, like what's going through your head? Or, are you, because I've always heard this story uh, or this kind of example that it really takes three years to become a, your own coach. Like your first year you spend essentially doing what the other person was doing. Um, Cause you feel like that's, well, that's what I learned. And then your second year, you start to put some tweaks. And by the third year is really when you've like flushed, anything you didn't like that they were doing and kind of put your stamp on whatever that might be. So what's, what's first year like for you? Like, are you nervous, excited? Like talk me through that. Yeah. So I think
1: the way you described it is probably very realistic. I tried to accelerate that timeline and I'll kind of explain that here in a second, but I got hired late in the summer. So um i basically just walked into that job i tried to get out on the road and recruit just a little bit before the school year started but realistically i wasn't able to get anybody in so i just inherited the team that was coming back which as you know at the college level that's pretty rough because you're going to lose some seniors yeah and so if you don't have any influx of any freshmen coming in you're just you're in a tough situation you're behind the eight ball so but that's fine um i looked at it again as a great challenge um was I nervous? Uh, I don't know if I was nervous cause I was too young and dumb and confident <laughs> in myself to know any better. Yes. I figured I'd do baseball. I was going to go in and uh, and, uh, just try to build the culture and get, get the program running the way I wanted it yeah. until we could go get the talent to start competing for championships. You know what I mean? Sure. So the first year was interesting. It was, um, it was a lot of preparation, it was a lot of planning, it was a lot of trying to implement the things that I wanted to get done. yeah and as you can imagine when you inherit a team who's used to having a different head coach, there were some guys that bought in mm-hmm. there were some that didn't yeah there's some that didn't care either way right So we we basically just got through the first year yeah and um, did the best we could and um, but I knew some major changes had to happen. so getting back to your three years, I really tried to accelerate that. And at the end of my first year, I, I think I ended up letting maybe eight to 10 players go because either they weren't bought in. I didn't like their attitudes or for whatever reason, they weren't talented enough. Yeah. We just kind of needed a clean house. And those, those were hard conversations. Cause those are real people that um, you know, uh, wanted to be a part of the program and, and, and had devoted some time to it. But they just weren't going to be the right fit and the right people. So I let them go. And then it was just a matter of, and during the course of that year, I was already starting to build the recruiting for the next year. Like you don't just recruit like in a one month window. It's a, it's a year round process. So while I was going through the first year, I already had my eye on the following year, as far as really getting out there, trying to identify some of the best talent around and, and trying to figure out how I was going to get them to Augustana.
0: Yeah. Well, obviously like that's kind of where myself and all the guys I went to school with kind of start to come into the picture. And, you know, I, I, w- I would love to hear kind of like how all that unfolded for you because, you know, so I've done like jeez 36 episodes of this and probably the last 10 have all been guys that played, I played with Jay Hunt, Messer, Andy, uh, Teddy. I found Teddy after 21 years, uh, nice. Believe it or not. Um, you know, uh yeah, just uh Omi, like Wilbur, like finding all these guys that you know that we played with and like just hearing their story and how they ended up there. And so many of us, like very randomly, it kind of felt like ended up there, right? Like Hunt was there essentially sight unseen. Right. Messer shows up because he gets a call from Hunt. Uh Andy gets there because he runs into Purchinsky at a sports training thing Jay walked on you know so everybody's kind of got this oh this weird story so I'm just curious like how it all came together for you and like how how you went about finding all of us right so kind of like I said
1: earlier Jeff like we were already down in numbers right yeah and I let a, a bunch of kids go so we had to go find a bunch of a bunch of players right and so um I just had a game plan to just try to one identify the best town in South Dakota. You know, South Dakota is not the, the most densely populated, uh, state. So, you know, if you can identify a couple good baseball players yeah. there and you can grab them, that's great. Um, the problem was I was so competitive. I wanted the best players, right? So not only was I competing against say South Dakota state and some of the other div- top division two schools, Mankato state, Yeah, it's Minnesota state university, Mankato now, but, um, But then we were also, you're going to have to compete against the Division I schools, which at that time, Nebraska was doing a great job in the area Mm -hmm. because Dave Van Horn was still the head coach at Nebraska. But they were, you know, they were kind of getting the top players around the area. And I'm talking South Dakota, Iowa, you know, Minnesota, you know, uh, states of that nature. So, um, but regardless, I was trying to go find the best talent that I could find and try to convince them that Augustana was going to be a better place for them, right? That Mm -hmm. um, they'd get great coaching, we were going to play the best schedule we could and they we try to develop them and give them the opportunity to play pro ball which i still think you know is every kid's dream still right if if For you sure. can get that opportunity now a lot of people don't get that opportunity but you no. still do that so having said that i mean i just started scouring the area i mean i was i was using all my connections and all my networks i'm talking to scouts pro scouts i'm talking to coaches i'm talking to people that i just know in the area and like just give me the names of kids who are the top baseball players in your area. You know what I mean? And Mm -hmm. so you just start accumulating a list of kids and then it's just a matter of starting to work it right. Um, Send the letters, pick up the phone, call people and just start trying to see who at least initially is interested. And uh, fortunately for me, um, we just gained a lot of momentum for whatever reason. I mean, I think I, I think the thing that I had to offer to you and, and the other guys that we ended up getting because that, that class was really the defining class, I think, for Augustana that that probably still, to this day, started what their, you know, the the for success sure. that they've had, you know what I mean? Absolutely. And, um, but I, I offered the opportunity for guys to come in and play right away, right? Like as a freshman at a Division two school, you're gonna have a chance to come in and play right away. Yeah. And I think we offered, you know, hopefully the, the ability to be coached by some good coaches that could help develop you and give you everything you want. And then as a bonus, you're going to get a heck of a degree from a, from a private school at Augustana. You know what I mean? So that's, that's what we were selling. And um, yeah, we just, I mean, I think about the class when we brought you in, we had guys from all over. We had kids from South Dakota. We had a bunch of kids from Minnesota, a little bit from Iowa. We brought in, you know, and I think getting Brian Hunt, you know, who transferred back from the university of Nebraska, I think Mm -hmm. that was a big get right. Yeah. Um, because it showed that, hey, even a kid who maybe is at a big school is willing to come back home, being as he was from Rapid City, but come back to South Dakota and and play for us, you know what I mean, and then getting Ross and Ryan, uh, the Hawley twins, you know, keeping them in state, not losing them, um, gain some momentum for us, you know what I mean? And so once you get a couple kids and then you start sharing that with the other recruits that you're talking to, I think we just started to get people excited about – well, hey, maybe I want to come and be a part of this. And I really tried to sell this this first class as, hey, we're really going to build around you and you're going to have every opportunity to uh, to uh, turn this into whatever we can turn it into.
0: Yeah, and I know, um, obviously, just like the timing, as you mentioned, right? You came in very late your first year, so it, it yeah. was rough, to say the least, with respect to getting anything in that respect. So, But at the same time, for like our class, there's not a lot of time to kind of see us as juniors, right? So it is a lot of word of mouth and like um, talking to people and figuring out, all right, who's who, who can I go talk to? And I'm guessing I was a bit later because I got that pitch, right, of like, hey, we've got a gang of dudes who are going to come in here and just do work. You know, we want you to come be a part of that. You're going to have an opportunity to play and there were right like the opportunities were there for like right um obviously some people like seized them you know much quicker and you know talent you know yeah. <laughs> at at a, at a couple different levels but you know it was that was the pitch that got me it was like you you, you know we've got like the best kind of in the area Yeah. barring you know you know the university of minnesota the iowa the nebraska kids who are going d1 like they're coming here, come join, come be a part. And then a little bit of like, Hey, we might get to Hawaii. (laughs) And I was like, yeah, all right. I'm in on that. Like, this sounds like a great deal. Uh, so come visit the school, you know, get to meet some of the guys, meet you, meet Borgie, have a, have a night out with Jay. And I was in, like, it seemed like home like right away. Right. And yeah, then you fast forward and you know, you show up on campus, you're meeting everybody because what what I found strange was, like, even though, like, we all ended up at the same school and we were all, you know, talented in high school, none of us really had heard of each other. With the exception of maybe, like, Grubner and Allard. Because, right. you know, they are essentially in the same metro. And Andy, you know. But it, right. it, it was, you know, Ted and I didn't play in the same conference even though we were two hours away. And we never faced each other in any tournament at all, right? And so, like... You come and you start, like, building these bonds, and it was day one. I mean, honestly, night one. Like, the five of us got together, and it was like, well, we're brothers now forever, right? And then you show up, I don't know, three days later, and we start fall ball, right? And, God, that first day on that field, I remember, like, walking out there and just hearing Ross and Ryan throw and kind of just saying to myself, okay – This is this is another level, right? And now it's time to work. So I'm curious from your perspective, um, like that first you know, fall ball session or couple weeks and seeing us all out there and like what's going through your head? Are you kind of thinking like we can we can go now? Like we can compete, or these guys are raw, they need a lot of help, and we're gonna get them there. I'm yeah, just whatever's going through your head. I'm curious. Thinking all of that stuff, Jeff, you hit it right <laughs> on the head. So, um, probably
1: excited more than anything, right? Sure. Because I mean, let's not kid ourselves at that level. It's about talent. Okay. Yeah. Um, if you can get the talent, you can win, right? Like we all want to think as coaches, we can outcoach the other guy or come up with some great scheme. That's going to help us be better than somebody else. But the reality is, I can make bad decisions and bad dumb calls and the players can still overcome that and still help us to win. Right. So at the, bo- at the end of the day, it's all about recruiting at the college level. So you talk about early fall, just seeing you guys out there. One, I was just proud of the group we were able to put together. And I think you guys felt it too, because there was such a good collection of talent that even though you guys were young, Um, this is the group, like I said, that can be the foundation, right? And then we can build around this foundation as we move forward. And and there's a reality at the college level that not everybody's going to develop and pan out the way you hope, right? For for a myriad of reasons, but the talent, at least initially was all there. We had a lot of depth, obviously in baseball, pitching, pitching and defense gives you a chance, right? So we really try to bring in a lot of arms and a lot of guys that would give us a chance to do that. Um, and then obviously due to the limited uh scholarship situations i also tried to find uh guys who you know were were dual players pitchers and position players right cuz sure. that just gave us a better chance to to maximize their ability, like Grubby and and Ross and Ryan, and yeah. I don't know. You probably thought you were a hitter too, but you know what I'm saying. Like, I, uh,
0: yeah, well, it, it's a funny story. <laughs> I so I was right. Like I could hit in high school. You know, I mean, it was like over 400 when I was a senior. But I remember that right, first right. Augie World Series. I think my first at bat was against Ross, right? <laughs> and I'm sitting here thinking, like, all right, I'm going to show Coach, like, and that I can hit. And come winter, I'm going to ask him for a chance to like put some time in, in the cage and, and put some work in on that. And I saw three fastballs. Well, I shouldn't say that he threw three fastballs. I didn't see one of them. I was like, ah, that's good. I'm good. I'm going to stick with pitching. (laughs) I'm a PO, right? Yeah. So I'm good on that.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And so, you know, that fall really, Jeff was really just trying to, again, kind of instill the way we wanted to do things, right. A work ethic, um, mm-hmm. A way to handle our business, be professional about it. Like you guys are young, I know you're college kids. I know when you're off the field, you guys are going to do your thing and and be crazy and have fun and all that. But I at least wanted you when you showed up to the ballpark and you know just to have a professionalism about you and start to teach you guys that that you know hopefully that's something you can carry with you the rest of your lives. But sure. I knew with you guys being young that we were going to have good days and bad days, right? And we were going to enjoy the the highs. Yeah. When we go win some games that we probably have no business winning and then there's going to be some lows, right? Cause you guys are 18 years old and you're going to do some knucklehead things and it is what it is. But uh, I looked forward to all of it because at the end of the day, like I said, it was a talented group of kids and I don't want to say that we didn't have any Talent that was still on the team that was coming back to like we had some players that could play on that team, right? But for sure, you guys were definitely going to be the foundation and be the future of what we were trying to build there at Augustana. So, uh, the fall was, um, probably the best word to describe it for me it was just exciting. I was just really excited. Uh, I know the coaching staff was excited, the school was excited. I mean, you guys, there was a buzz on campus about that recruiting class and you guys you guys get on campus um, that's cool. in, in, in all areas so it was it was just it was really neat. That's exciting
0: uh, that's cool to hear right um, yeah. it was it was interesting talking to Jay and you know Wilbur and Omi and like hearing them talk about how they you know their first years and, and their experience and then when we showed up and they were like it okay the program is something different now. Um, not, and again, not that we were world beaters. We, you know, we didn't, we never won a national championship together. Right. Right. You know, but it was just like this it felt like the program got elevated even before we played a single game, which I think, you know, there was some, like, we all felt a little bit of pressure with respect to that. But at the same time, that's why we went there. It was exciting to say, yeah, like, let's go. Right. You know, we all had various offers to you name it. Um, you know, whether it's a junior college or the, you know, the, the token $500 offer from Minnesota state or whatever. Right. right? But it was, let's go make a mark and let's try and build something. And, uh, I know I do. And I know the other guys do as well. I, in talking to them, like we take a sense of pride in that, like it, it feels like we were kind of like, one of the first bricks that got laid down to where that program is now, which, you know, we'll get into. But, you know, it's just – it's something I don't know – I don't know if I ever thought we would have gotten there. So it's really cool to to see where it's at and know that you were a part of that uh, in some form or fashion. So, um, yeah, like I, I'm curious kind of taking it from day one or first season – and kind of getting into then our first season like what were some of the challenges that you faced that first year kind of like with us with you know the scheduling and just the competition and like the weather <laughs> you know like what was some of the biggest hurdles you felt like we had to climb over um that year well the obvious it, obvious the obvious one in the beginning is
1: just the weather right like We're all pumped. We're ready to start the season, but the weather may not cooperate, right? So we've got to try to get down as far south as we can without going too far where we can actually play ball, right? So now you're trying to play at 35-degree temperatures, right? It was was challenging, to say the least. But um, other than that, really just um, I tried to put together the best schedule I could because – to be the best, I feel like you got to play the best and you got to beat the best, right? And so um, I knew we'd take some lumps early with you guys because, again, like I said, you're gonna some days you're gonna be world beaters and look great and make me look great for recruiting you, and there's gonna be other days where they're gonna be all oh, this team's young, right? And and they're gonna they're gonna get beat up a little bit, but when it all came together, it was beautiful. Like your freshman year, I don't know if you remember, we had to go up to I think we were at Saint Cloud State, but we played a. Mankato State on on the Friday doubleheader, then we played St. Cloud State on Saturday, right? Was that your freshman year? Probably. I think so. Mm, yeah. yeah. But so if you remember at the time, Mankato State, you know, they were kings of uh of the conference, right? Sure. Well, I don't know if you remember, but man, we had them on the ropes that first game. I mean, Hunt had the big hit to the right center gap, scored a couple runs. Their coach is throwing his clipboard in the dugout. And we had them so flustered. I mean, we had them, right? We had them yeah. on the ropes we're beating them with a bunch of freshmen. Right. And, um, and uh, they did eventually come back and beat us in extra innings. But my point is, you know, that's a team. We probably had no business being on the field with that year. I mean, don't get me wrong. We could play with anybody, but you about took down the champions. Right. And they had been champions for about the last three, four years. And so um, you guys showed like on a night like that, just how capable you were. And we're talking about a Mankato state team at the time that was competing you know, to go to national, to go to the national tournament. You know right. what I mean. So that's the kind of flashes you guys showed your freshman year that sure. I knew you had. It was just a matter of getting you guys to, you know, uh, play it, play at a high level, the level you guys were capable of, and just believing and trusting and in not only your ability but what we were trying to kind of teach you and get you prepared for. Right? Because, sure. like you said, when you're when you come out of high school, you're all the best from where you come from, right? So you can get away with whatever you've been doing. A lot of times just natural talent at that point, but now you get to college and you got to learn how to pitch, right? For example, in your situation, right? You got to know the hitter, you got to know how to set them up and then have an out pitch. I mean, there's just, there's just you got to have a scouting report. You got to know, there's just more to know at that level. It's so much more than just natural ability. You know what I mean? And to think at 18, you've got all the physical ability you need would be pretty naive too, right? Like it takes time over the years to develop your body too and, and all of that stuff. So uh the first year was just um it was it was actually very rewarding because you guys, while the record might not have showed it the first year, we were building it the right way and we were trending the right way. Yeah. Which all came to a culmination the next year, which we can talk about next if you want. Yeah but that's that's when we really turned the corner and really set augustana baseball on the right path
0: yeah no i mean i i think um you know as one of those young dumb you know unexperienced freshmen right uh coming from middle of nowhere just relied on well you know i throw hard and nobody nobody can hit it so i didn't have to figure anything out and then uh, Coming to practice and realizing, man, you you never want to give up an O two hit. Three one's a dangerous pitch, right? <laughs> Whereas in the past it's like, eh, I don't, yeah, I'm just trying to throw strikes, right? So, um, I'm just trying to pump them in there, and then you get to that level and you realize like your curve is not a collegiate curve, right? So you got to figure other things out and learn, you know, up down in out off speeds, and yeah, like you guys, I I feel like you all did a very good job of kind of trying to help us understand that, Um, because, again, I came from a a town where that level of baseball, there were guys who had gone on, but that wasn't shared with us. It was just strike them out, get hits, right? Not hit the other way, not make sure you advance runners, none of that stuff. So there's a lot that you're, like, trying to process as as you're taking all of that in, tack on the fact that we're now playing, you know, 50, 60 games, whereas – you know, Minnesota baseball and South Dakota, I'm assuming as well, you know, that school season, I mean, you're lucky to get 20, you know? (laughs) So now all of a sudden it's five, six games a week practice, you know, and you're just like, man, this. it starts, it, it is very overwhelming. And so like there were going to be days for sure um, from our perspective where either mentally we were kind of checking out or, you know, as Benny would call us, mental midgets, right? Like, cause we just, <laughs> it was a lot, you know, it's a lot right. to take on. Um, but you, I always felt like you did a very good job and it always felt very professional. Like in our practices, that was one of the first things that shocked me. was just kind of like, okay, this is what, you know, collegiate, like higher level baseball is like, right? Like and 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 understanding like the importance of things versus, yeah, we're just out here throwing and hitting and catching. Right. Right. Um, right. But yeah, and then you you know, as you mentioned, right? Like then we go into the next year, and you know we get a couple more transfers. You you you're recruiting at the same time and bringing in a couple more guys, and we lose some dudes, which you know was unfortunate. Um, but then that that second year, it started to feel like things were really clicking. Um, Cause we, I mean, we had a really good year, our sophomore year, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yeah, we broke the school record for wins. Yeah. I want to say we won 27 games, but. I don't know if you remember, but the way that whole year started was we went down to Northwest Missouri State for a four-game set against different teams, and um we went 4-0, first of all. So it was just a fantastic trip for us. Yeah, But uh two of the wins really stand out. One, because we're in a dogfight with uh Northwest Missouri State, the host, at their place, and late in the game, we're holding a one-run lead, and I don't know if you remember, but Northwest Missouri State hits a uh, fly ball they got a runner on third to tie run on third with one out and uh their hitter hits a fly ball to right field that Matt Wilbur catches and he guns the the guy tags from third and he guns him at the plate and we end up winning that game you mm-hmm. know not just because of that play but what an exciting play yeah. against the host team and so you know that was just a a real big momentum builder for us and then that same tournament uh you know, Ross throws a perfect game against Minnesota Crookston, right? And Mm -hmm. so, I mean, you just got a couple things that are just really exciting that you can talk about. You went on the road to open the year. You swept. Ross gets in Sports Illustrated because he's the national player of the uh, the week, right? Like just a lot of publicity and a lot of of hype around us, right? But the reality was we were just a pretty darn good team. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, And then we just started running a string. I mean, I don't remember how many we won in a row, but there was a streak there where we – I want to say we won 15 16 games in a row but we were just rolling and uh you guys were just starting to put it all together. It was just one of those things where uh your ability um, came together with your uh you know your mental capacity to play the game and you guys were just clicking and everything. You guys were bought in, you were playing hard, you were having fun. You got you guys were just real cohesive, right? There's really good chemistry on the team and you guys played for each other and uh and it showed and the results came and it was um it was just a lot of fun that year. I mean, that really that kind of just that was the start.
0: Yeah, absolutely. To where they're even at to this day, I believe. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh yeah, that that I remember that trip, you know, clear as day, sitting in the bullpen, like, you know, looking at looking at Ryan, you know, kind of like, <laughs> do we say anything? Like nobody says anything, you know, but right. we're all just like in our heads, like, he's doing this, right? And he was making it look easy. I think he it was a perfect game with like Nineteen strikeouts too. I mean, it was he was. Yeah, I think he got the three ball count maybe twice.
1: I feel like he had a couple three two counts, but there weren't many of them. And I, it, it, it escapes my memory, Jeff. I don't remember. Is that the year? Did we go down to Homestead that year too, or is that your yeah, junior year? Do no, you remember? That, was, that was sophomore year. So, you know, then we make that trip, right? And then we just carried it on because we played some good teams down there. I don't know if you remember, but the college in New Jersey beat us early. Yeah. And they looked pretty sharp, right? They had that good uh, right-handed arm they threw against us. and But after that game, we got rolling. We beat some good teams, and we came back around and played them at the end and beat the snot out of them. Mm-hmm. So we um, – anyways, you know, but wh- you know, how much fun was that? We got to go down to Florida. Yeah. Uh, play some more baseball for a week, and you guys got the bond, get close again there. Um, won a lot of games and then came home and started just beating up on all the competition up in, uh, up in South Dakota. Yeah, you know what I mean? Until sure. we got to the league. But uh, yeah, that was a, that was a fun year.
0: Yeah. It was, it was interesting talking to Ross about that. Right. And just like that year of how like we were like a really good team, but we just couldn't figure out how, how to get over the hump of like of the South Dakota States, you know, splitting with them. Right. Or Minnesota, mankato state right and like the old dogs like didn't fear us yet right you know like there wasn't that whereas like i think for us right they were all still like you know these you know they were the big dogs and you know i don't know if there was a little crumbling in it or just you know uh not knowing how to get over that hump but yeah i mean we hung with them every game i don't remember ever like walking into any of those series or out of them just being like well they're another level. Uh, we right. just could never put it all together for like a, a two or four game set and really kind of like put our stamp on it. But, yeah, it was a great year. And that trip to Florida, yeah, yeah, I remember that game against that, that pitcher from New Jersey and, and thinking, thinking to myself, and i not even a hitter, but just thinking to myself, he's lucky this is like essentially our first game down here. Yeah. Because that's just the reality of, you know, doing indoor cage games. Yeah. Right. And not being able to see live pitching and natural light and in a game situation. And it takes a minute to kind of get used to that. And once we got used to it, everybody was rolling. Yeah. Uh, everybody yeah, they, was
1: rolling they, they, they caught us at the right time. The first game, you said it perfectly. And then, then we started to warm up and we started to play our, our brand of baseball and then we yeah. took care of business after that. So.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Um, so then, you know, we go into junior year. You know, what's, uh, did, were your expectations just like, all yeah. right, you know, we're winning the conference title, we're going to regionals, all this. Stuff. Cause I know that was kind of how we were all thinking was that this is, we're going to tie all this stuff together in no time and just kind of roll. <laughs>
1: Yeah. Now, publicly, I wouldn't be saying those things because as a coach, you never want to <laughs> yeah. go there because you don't want to jinx yourself. Right. Like imagine that a baseball guy being superstitious. But um, in my mind, am I thinking that? Yeah. To me, that's the natural progression. Yeah. Like Even your sophomore year, there was periods during that year before we got into the conference play where we were ranked in the top, you know, top uh, four for the for for our region. Right. Which right. means we're basically a regional qualifying team. Yep. Now, once we got into district, that kind of broke down our conference, but um the point is we had made those strides and people were noticing us now and we were on everybody's radar, right? So, um yes, I was hoping that again with another year of recruiting, bringing in some guys and with you guys now going into your third year that this would be the year that um we would um <clears throat> do some damage, right? And, and hopefully yeah. take those
0: next steps. I mean, that was the plan. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, that definitely didn't work out the way I think we, you know, we all wanted. I think it was, I don't know if it was just kind of some some early season adversity or something that maybe just kind of had some doubt creep into guys' minds or, I don't know. You know, you never know. Baseball's a funny game, right? It's right. There's there's no rhyme or reason why, you know, the Twins lost to the White Sox yesterday, right? That's, that's why right. they play 162 uh, instead of, you know, two games and the, and call it call it a year. So, but I remember that spring trip and, and going to Chico and battling with them, right? And and they were they were either ranked like second or they came in mm-hmm. second last year, something along right. those lines. And I thought we split. I could be wrong on that.
1: We beat them once, but they beat us. Do we play them twice? I don't remember. I know Sonoma State swept us. Yep. Chico, we split and then we went down and beat up San Francisco State. But yeah, Chico State was, I mean, that's the team. I mean, I set that trip up for a couple of reasons. One, take you guys to another part of the country, right? Because yeah. again, getting back to our recruiting spiel, I promised you guys that we were gonna make trips and we were gonna we were gonna have a good time while we did it. Sure. Right. So we set up a, a great trip out there and and we battled against some of the some of the best teams. But my thinking behind it all was, besides just trying to take you to another part of the country, was um we were trying to build off the prior year's momentum and we were going to use this as a springboard, right? And we're going to go play against some really tough competition. And even if we took our lumps a little bit, which I didn't think was necessarily going to happen, but if it happened, it'll be worth it because then when we come back and play all our schools in our area, man, we're going to be ready to roll. Right. And it just didn't kind of seem to work out that way. Right. Like, I mean, we did okay on that trip, but then we came back and I mean, thinking back, I think, I mean like you said there's a lot of things that can happen in baseball a lot of variables why you win or lose a game but overall i think the reason we probably didn't have the kind of season that we were all expecting was um i mean i hate to say this and i'm not going to single out anybody because it's nobody's fault but you know we talk about players need to continue to develop as they go through their college careers and i just think that a few of our players that didn't really happen right and so they either kind of stayed the same or maybe even took a step back and that's normal in college. You're going to lose kids for various reasons. They, you know, not taking care of their business off the field, right. Uh, Not, not taking care of their bodies. I mean, sometimes they just kind of lose interest, right? Like, you know what? I don't know if I want to work that hard and, and be this committed to something like this anymore, right? Like you're kind of going through that age, 18 to 22, where there's just a lot happening, but you know, we'll never know, but, there was a f- just a few guys that really just um, it just hurt us because in baseball, as you know, it takes all nine guys. And so for sure. And more with, cause you got to have depth of course, but uh, yeah. yeah, we just could never put it all, put it all together that year. But again, it wasn't a bad year. It just probably wasn't the year that we were all expecting and hoping for.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it, I would definitely chalk it up more to that. Right. Is just, you know, we yeah. had such high expectations yeah. that, Anything less than that just really felt kind of like, ugh. Yeah. You know, God darn it. You know, we like, we're right. better than this. We know we are. Um, right. And yeah, it's one of the, it, it, unfortunately, the season is very short, even though you're playing a lot of games that, you know, you get into that. Like I said, baseball is just a funny game where you get into one of those ruts and the season's halfway over before you realize it. Um, right. You look up and you're like, God, oh, man, you know, like it's tough to recover from that. And so I'm curious, right? Like, you know, you're, you're kind of talking or or you, you mentioned like how you kind of got to try to keep kids essentially motivated, you know, like what, what's kind of harder as a coach, right? Like developing them or, you know, keeping them motivated. Cause I got to imagine it's, it's challenging in all respects because we're all different you know, we're all going to respond differently to different stuff. You know, some of us loved Benny, right. And his, you know, call, you know, you're throwing a duck, right. Or, you know, shooting a, you know, shooting the fly ball or the, the throws from the outfield, to home, we thought that was hilarious. Some people right. didn't. Right. And, you know, Jeff, you throw government cheese or he said that to Ted and I, right. Well, yeah, I, we know it looks a lot slower compared to Ross and Ryan. Sorry. Right. Um, you know, what are we going to do? You know, I didn't, I never took it personally, but you know, there's, there's a ton of different ways to kind of approach that. So I'm just curious like what is more challenging as a coach when you're dealing with a bunch of 18 to 22 year old.
1: I don't know if anything's more challenging. I just think it all, it's all of it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. you know, as a head coach, you got to take it all on. Right. And Mm -hmm. so, Part of that, Jeff, I think, is when you're trying to develop your culture and your expectations and everything you want for your team, you hope because, you know, it's hard as one person or me and the coaching staff to completely um, be aware of everything that's happening yeah. to every individual all the time. Right. But sure. you hope that if you kind of develop that culture the way you want that, then the players can kind of police themselves, can kind of help in those regards too, right? like captains or leaders of the team, yep. you know, may may help. uh push some of the other guys if they need it or talk to them when they need a good talking to and things of that nature. But honestly, Jeff, it's just something that is continual all the time because you're never going to try to stop developing your players. Right. Right. Because um, you just, you're not going to until you don't have them anymore. So you'll always do that. You're always going to try to help motivate them because at the end of the day, that's why we play to win. And so um, I don't know how much a coach helps motivate a person or if it's more innate and they just have it inside them i know at the pro level they say that you shouldn't have to motivate those guys they're getting paid and it's their job to play so Mm -hmm. but at the college level i feel like coaches can still have that kind of impact and try to try to motivate and regardless i tried to anyways just to try to help you guys and you do that various ways that could be through our just our team talks and our meetings um I would pull a lot of you guys aside individually and try to talk to you guys at time to get, you know, to get to know you on a personal level. Mm -hmm. Cause obviously I knew y'all, I recruited all of you guys individually. So, you know, there's times we got to pull you aside, maybe have some of those tough talks. There's some players, not you, but there were some other players that I had to pull aside multiple times and just have some serious talks. Like, is this really what you want? Is this where you want to be? yeah Cause you're not really showing it. I'm not seeing it. Right. And so you know, you got to have those, those serious talks sometimes, some heart to hearts. And, and so um, it's just, it's just all of it. You just have to, it's just every day you got to work at it, right? Like there's no days off. I mean, that's for a coach. There really isn't, you know, even though we make off season or preseason and things of that nature, but you're still, you're still working. You're still grinding
0: every day. You know, what do you think has changed, most like in coaching since then right because as a I've never coached I this is my first year coaching my son in baseball right and I I have no idea how good I'm going to be at it right I know how to play the game Um, I'm not sure I have the patience I sure hope I do Um, but like it feels like in the last five to ten years you're seeing so much more of this push towards you know, like these younger coaches and 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 encouraging all these people or all their players to be kind of like individuals and express themselves and all of that, right? Whereas when we were playing it, not and it's not a knock on you by any stretch, but that was just definitely the time where it was like, hey, right. this is our program, and you're you're a representative right. of the program, and you know this is what we expect, and it was like that at anywhere I played in any sport. Right. Um, do you think that's for the better or worse, or it just is what it is now. And that's the times we live in.
1: Yeah, honestly, I mean, I don't know if I could coach nowadays with all that. And and I'm not saying it's bad. Yeah. I just think, I just think things change, Jeff. And I think things evolve and that's where the game's going. I mean, you can even see it at the highest level, major league baseball, right? Like they're changing the rules to to try to appease the younger generation of fans and players, right? Like mm-hmm. some of the celebrations you see now, you never would have saw, <laughs> you know, 20 years ago. Right. And I'm not saying it's wrong. Hey, it's just, you just didn't see it, but they're doing it now. I mean, they're trying to speed up the game because they think that they're losing fans because of that, because of that. Right. I just think it's natural in anything mm-hmm. for things to evolve. And so, You know, back when I coached, it was, you know, act like you've been there before, like you've done it, right? You don't need to celebrate crazy. Now, if you go win a championship or do something, yeah, we're going to dogpile and have some fun with it. But otherwise, you know, act like you've, you've done that. You expect to be successful. You know what I mean? But nowadays, yeah, the kids are a lot more expressive and they get after it. And, and so I think coaching has really changed from that standpoint because you said it like, they're trying to allow kids to be themselves and to express themselves. And, and what do I think of it? I, I think it's fine. I just don't know how I would handle it. Sure. (laughs) Even though I'm an athletic director now who, you know, is, is overseeing coaches that have to deal with it, but I'm, I'm at a little different school and a little different level where you're still not seeing a lot of that, to be honest with you. So, um, but no, I think it's just a natural progression of, of anything. And, uh, If anything, I try to look at it through the lens of uh, the players. And if, if they're happy doing it and they're not disrespecting, so to speak, the other opponent, you know, I'm all for the kids having fun and doing what they want to do right in their own way, being expressive. It's okay. I don't know where you draw the line on what's being disrespectful or showing somebody up. I can't, I'm not smart enough to figure that out, but I'm all for things changing and growing and, and,
0: and, you know, maybe being better. I don't know. Yeah, Sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just, it's an interesting, you know, shift that that I see now. Right. And it just makes you like, would, uh, would I have been more successful in this now versus what I was, you know, you, you do kind of like think about that, right. Just the same way I think about would I have been able to throw harder had, you know, a lot of these throwing programs that are out now, like been a thing back then. You, you can't help but wonder that there's no way. Like genetically, we've evolved from you know top high school players throwing low 90s to now they're throwing 100, right? In te- in 20 years, it's it's that training level, and so it just makes you think like, man, could I have done that? Probably could have. I think I could have, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> so you you do kind of like I I always am kind of like thinking about that stuff with respect to like how my career flushed out or what or whatever. So yeah, and and it's interesting to hear you kind of say like you know seeing some of those dudes at times like feel like they weren't there um and that's got to be tough when you you know like you invest in them you know your time and you're you know you're putting essentially like a job recommendation you know you're putting your name on the line for somebody and then they show up and it's not what you thought and yeah. you you get you get a peek behind the curtain when you're with them every day in some respect. Right. And you're kind of like, man, all right, I guess I'll learn from that next time and know what questions to ask moving forward and and whatnot. Um, yeah, man, I, I can't imagine all the (laughs) Yeah. Some things
1: you just can't predict, Jeff, like, like you don't know whether a kid's going to be successful or not at the college level. All you can do is is do your best guess, right? Sure. Based on all the measurables and yep. and talking to him, you know, what's his makeup, right? Is he a competitor? Does he compete? You know, things of that nature, you know, uh, size, yep. you know, and, you know, you just, you do the best you can. And when it doesn't work out, you're just, I'm not disappointed or I was never disappointed as a coach per se. I was just, dis- not disappointed It's a bad word. I felt bad for the kid, if he wasn't sure. able to reach his maximum potential, sure. um, you know, and, and you just, you just, you feel form a little bit. You know what I mean? Now for the ones that just kind of checked out at some point, you can't control that either. Like I said, there's just a lot of other factors happening in that person's life. Yeah. And sometimes those things become more important than the, than the baseball component. Right. And so when that happens, you kind of just have to let them go. You know what I mean? And yeah. it's okay. Like you're not gonna, you're not gonna be a hundred percent on all your recruits. They're not all going to turn out the way, sure. the way you hope for. Right. I mean, with any recruiting class, you hope you have a few gyms, right? That really go above and beyond everything you ever expected. You hopefully have some a few really good players, a couple role players. There's nothing wrong with being a role player too at the college level, right? But yeah. at least there's a, there's a spot for them where they can help you. And then there's always going to be some that just just don't pan out, and it just yeah. kind of is what it
0: is. Yeah, I mean, it, I kind of classify myself as a role player at college. You know, i I went in thinking, God, I'm the Greatest thing that's ever you know happened to baseball, uh, and then your first practice, you kind of you realize, all right, I'm not the only talented dude around, um, and then you just start grinding and, and realize like there's more to it. And okay, you know, I'm I I, pr- I took a ton of pride in just trying to do whatever I could to help, and whether that was you know a midweek start when you're a junior and you feel like maybe I shouldn't be having to do that or you know, closing games or just being there for my guys. Right. And, you know, if, right. if somebody had a bad game, like being there for him, like off the field, because all I cared about was like our success. I, you know, I could have cared right. less if I went 10 and zero or had, you know, 10 saves or struck out the side. I never gave two right. shits about that. All I wanted to do is win. Um, and so like, I, I feel like personally, I kind of quickly like adapted to that role player mentality and kind of like trying to take care of the guys, uh, and kind of be there for them all at all times. Uh, maybe a little bit like to my detriment, like it, I don't know if I like gave up on myself too quick or, or what, but, uh, I took pride in it. I know that, um, maybe I could have done more. Who knows? You know, it's one of those, what it could have should have.
1: <laughs> I think you're being a little hard on yourself. You were better than just a role player for us, but you know, we're, we're usually our biggest crit- critiques of ourselves right is where our, sure. our biggest for um sure. but you you were you were more than that but that's also why you were a good player back in the day and a good player for me because you were a team first guy right and that's that's really what we tried to instill in all you guys and yeah. we knew that's how we we're going to have the most success now don't get me wrong we know baseball is an individual sport individually you've got to have success but it's got to be in the context of the team for sure and uh, you were definitely one of those guys
0: for us and and uh Yeah, really appreciated it. Well, yeah, I appreciated everything you did for me. Um, But then, like, so let's get into, you know, senior year, right? You know, I've talked to Ross and Ryan about it, you know, multiple times. And, you know, you you and Ross and Ryan all left after our junior year. And, you know, for whatever reasons, not, you know, nobody holds any grudges by any stretch of the imagination. Like, uh, you know, Ross and Ryan are chasing a dream, and they feel like that's an opportunity that's going to get them to, that level like go for it man we were excited for him and and you also left but i know like in talking with like andy and ted like man we we all felt like a big loss right just it it was it was hard that senior year was tough uh for us just kind of feeling like our group wasn't there anymore Mm -hmm. um so like what what went into how hard was it for you to leave right like i mean walking away from something you were building and and taking this next step in your journey, what all went into that for you? So that all happened
1: pretty, pretty fast during that summer of, you know, your junior year just finished and you guys were going into your senior year. Yeah. Um, for, for the last few years, I had been working camps at just some various schools just helping out sure. and really I was doing it to get, put my eyes on other kids, recruits, you know what I mean? So like, yeah. for example, I'd been down at Kansas a couple of years working there a uh, big all-star camp because I wanted to see some of the top talent in that area. You know, I've been doing that at Minnesota down in Nebraska. So I had been kind of bouncing around doing some of that and really just trying to network with coaches. Because sure. Remember, I'm a young coach still, yeah. so I'm still trying to, to learn and grow. So I'm trying Absolutely. to help myself, but then I'm also using that as a recruiting tool to, to put my eyes on a bunch of kids and stuff. Cause you know, the reality is those schools are only going to take the best of the best, if any of those camp kids, but there were a lot of those kids were really good for our level. You know what I mean? And so, um, but anyway, so shoot, I'm just doing my normal summer thing. I'm recruiting. I'm on the phone. I'm doing, doing what I normally do. And then um, I'm actually out in California, visiting my family. And right before I get on the plane to fly back to South Dakota, and I guess this must've been in, I'm going to assume it was in early July. Um, Bobby Randall calls me from the university of Kansas and goes, Hey Brett, uh, Mike Bard, my assistant coach, he just took a job down at DBU in Dallas and I'm looking for an assistant coach and recruiting coordinator. Are you interested? And I'm like, yeah, for sure. I'd love to talk about it. So um, I flew back. And the next day I drove down to Lawrence, Kansas, and I met with him and we talked about the position and um Um, it just felt like for me, it was the natural next step as a young coach. Right. And I kind of mentioned that earlier. So I'm at South Dakota state. I was looking maybe from there to go to be a division one assistant coach, but the Augustana position popped up and it was just too good to pass up. And, but then again, I told you, I was trying to kind of, uh, open up some more options for myself and give myself some great experience. And so for me, the chance to go in the Big Twelve. You know, Power Five conference assistant coach, recruiting coordinator, right? Like, yeah, it, it checked all the boxes, right? For for what I would probably want to do, and so the easy part was just saying yes, right, and, and and taking that. Now the reality and the hard part was, man, all the things that I I you know I've I've sold you on and your teammates and everything that we were working on building and trying to grow and and you know hoping to get to fruition. Now I'm leaving, right, and so. Sure that's i think as a coach is always well for me that was that was the hardest decision that i've ever had to make in my professional career was was leaving there because not only you guys but just augustana in general yeah. treated me so well and i loved my time there not the weather but everything <laughs> else i loved about augustana i right. had great support there um man life was just really good during my time there and so leaving all that and then, especially leaving you guys your senior year, um, it was tough. And no one will know it, but it took me a while to get over that. Like I was, it, it took me some time to do some reflection and just kind of give myself a break from leaving that because sure. I really felt like I was um, letting a lot of people down when I did that. Um, even as as excited as I should have been to take the Kansas job, and eventually I was, it took me a while to get to that point to feel good about it because I really. Uh, it was just hard to leave it really was sure. cuz everything about augustana felt right and um and i just knew we were so close to just doing so much more good stuff there and so it was hard um, yeah it was it was tough for sure
0: i don't doubt it right i mean i i in 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 my conversations with ross you know he talked about it and how you know he you know he looks back and he kind of wishes he hadn't right mm-hmm. um because you know and, and obviously it's, it's in relation to kind of what he does now. And like he, that his network was there, right? Like his gang was there. His his guys were there and they helped him become whatever. And, you know, I'm not trying to put words in his mouth, but you know, he it's, I can't imagine. Like I've left a job, not yeah. at that level. And it was hard. It, it is hard to make a change in your life at the same time though. Like those things are necessary for growth and, and, you know, not only personally, professionally, like all those things, they are necessary at, at, at times in your life. So, yeah, I mean, it's it stinks. It stunk, <laughs> right? I remember getting the call, just being like, "Whoa, yeah. no way!" Right? And then Ross and Ryan, and I'm just like, "Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe this." Like, should I leave? <laughs> like, is <laughs> right. this what needs to happen? Like, are we all just leaving? Um, no, right. but. Yeah, I mean, it was it was tough, and, it, and that, that first year, you know, I mean, home was a great coach, and, you know, I still, you know, whenever I, we crossed paths, you know, I, I appreciated him being there. It was a different flavor, you know, and he, right. he took the program to another space and all that. But, yeah, yeah like, it was – that year was tough. Like, uh, uh, I know Teddy and I, we were talking about it last week, just kind of how it was like, uh, you know, you lose some motivation. Um, baseball's hard. And right. you've been doing it for so long, you kind of start to think, eh, "All right, what's next?" You know, and especially when you lose kind of your circle. So, yeah, it was, it was interesting to hear like where you kind of went. Yeah. With that. So, and let
1: me let me take it a step further. Something that a lot of people don't know. So, you know, hindsight's easy, right? But if I had to do it all over again, as crazy as it sounds, Jeff, I wouldn't have left. I probably would have actually stayed at Augustana. But again, you don't you don't know what you don't know, right? Sure. So. Because after one year at Kansas, I actually left and, and I, I I left consciously because I guess I just didn't have the foresight to realize how much I was going to be on the road recruiting and how much I was sure. going to be involved in that. Because I actually was on the road over 100 nights in a hotel room um, trying to find guys because I'm from I'm from California. Right. So at Kansas, we weren't winning any local recruiting battles or regional recruiting battles for that matter. So I had to go to the West coast and find these kids. But my point of saying all that is, you know, here I am, I'm I'm thinking about maybe wanting to start a family, have kids and things of that nature. And all I'm doing is traveling all the time. And by the way, I'm not making that great of money. So I'm thinking to myself, man, is this really what I want? Like, is this is going to be sure. my life? And I made the conscious decision to get out. I mean, it was just, um, and it was because of that. Right. And that, then I was starting to feel trapped. Like this is going to be my life and what I'm going to do. And so, um, again, if I had a choice, I probably, and it'd be funny cause who knows where it would have taken, taken off from there. But if I had to do it over again, I probably would have stayed at Augustana. But after that one year at Kansas, my wife was from Dallas. I'm from Sacramento. I essentially just looked at the two markets and said, what makes the most sense for me? What gives me the most opportunity? And I chose Dallas and sure. the rest is history from there. Right. But, um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that one decision, you know, I, I, you know, still think about to this day a little bit because, sure. um, I don't know that it was necessarily the, the the best decision at the time. It felt right and it was good, but yeah. overall, I just I don't know if I can say that. So, yeah. I
0: don't, uh, you know, butterfly effect. If you hadn't, yeah, right? right. You know, like you wouldn't be where you're at now with you know two beautiful kids and you know
1: for running, sure running an athletic sure.
0: department. It's all part of for some sure. weird plan somewhere.
1: Yeah. Well, that, that Augustan is in great hands, obviously, right? Like, it wasn't too long after that they won their first uh, conference title, right? Yeah. And then, shoot, just a few years ago, they actually won a national championship. So, I mean, again, I still believe that you you and your class were the foundation and the building blocks for what the program has become to this day. Sure. But, um, you know, and I'm proud of that because um, well, you I don't be. think – many people thought about Augustana baseball until um until we started uh making them aware of it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And 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 there was somebody you had to worry about when they when they showed up. So yeah. um, it's come a long ways. And I and I'm sure you as an alumni, you're still proud of the fact that, you know, they won a national championship a few years ago. And I think I just saw the other day they just won another uh conference championship. So they're yeah. they're rolling. Huber has that program rolling, which I'm sure you remember him because he was the first baseman for Mankato back in the day. Yep. It was Killing us right when we yeah. would play
0: him. Oh yeah, yeah. When he got the job, I shot him an email, and yeah. he's like, "I remember you, you know." And it was just, it's <laughs> cool, right? Um, yeah, and it, it is. Yeah, you take pride in that, and obviously, you know, I appreciate you saying that about our class. But I mean, it was look like you you started it, <laughs> you know, like you're the one who kind of went out and sold us all and got us all there and and laid that brick, um, you know, and, and helped us, you know, put that mortar on it to. To where it is now so you know that was again the greatest four years of my life you know one of the greatest four years of my life you know that that experience was is really tough to match just from you know having fun doing what you're you're passionate about and you know knowing that you know there's so much still ahead of you like the, yeah. hardly a care in the world other than can we win you know <laughs> um,
1: I'll tell you what Jeff something you said that that I'm
0: that I'm I'm really happy for you and the guys
1: is you know you say you're still you know, pretty close with a lot of the guys, right, from from that class and, and guys you played with at Augustan. And so hopefully that speaks to the the kind of guys that we were recruiting to, you know, high character, good guys, right? Not only talented baseball players, obviously, but but good people, the kind of people you'd want to hang out with and, you know, you're, you're staying in touch with now years later, you know what I mean? And that doesn't happen to a lot of people in a, in a lot of
0: professions. So that, that's you know, pretty cool. Well, and that, it, That's part of why I started this. Right. Um, I mean, you know, life takes on its own new meaning once you introduce, you know, <laughs> your heirs, right? Like your children come into the mix and things just happen quickly uh, from your work to kids and life. And uh, I, I just said to myself, I want to start to try to manufacture time in my day to day to connect with folks. And, you know, Andy and I live in the same city, but we haven't seen each other uh, Hmm. for probably six, seven years. But, you know, we text, uh, Ross and Ryan, you know, we, you know, Ross, Ryan, Teddy, and I were all on a text thread now. Um, and you know, I'm trying to like do what I can to like keep those connections going. Cause to me, those are the things that matter. And in talking to everybody and like, Hey, what are your most memorable experiences? Honest to God coach, like everybody to a T has experiences that have nothing to do with playing baseball that they list out right? Like we all have some performance somewhere and yeah, we can talk about that, but it's the, Oh man, the Florida trip, like remember those hotels and like, or going to that gator farm or spending a day on South (laughs) beach, like talking about that stuff, the off the field stuff where you're like building those relationships. Those were the things that stuck with all of us over the years. And, you know, we want to try and like keep those going, Uh, whether it's doing this and trying to find time to get together in person someday, who knows, right? But some way to kind of keep keep those connections because they, they were, right? Those are kind of like your core memories yeah. of life, right? And so if you can keep those going, uh, I'm all for it, man. Those are the things that matter most to me uh, in my sure. life, so – were uh were
1: those uh baseball olympics or whatever you guys run was that some of the highlights of your guys' time too not
0: that this is probably the proper place to discuss that but I, I will say this has been the most pc uh podcast we have done in the i mean we we laid it out like we've talked about it a bunch of times and uh, i'll send you i'll send you a couple of the episodes and you'll hear all the dumb shit that we did for sure <laughs> um, yeah like those are, but those are the ones those are the things yeah. right i'm sure you have them as well like from your playing career right like Oh yeah. The, I tried the game tried to prevent a
1: lot. Of, I tried to prevent a lot of that, Jeff. That's why we had our winter workouts and you guys had to be there at five 30 in the morning. So you guys <laughs> couldn't stay
0: out too late, uh, getting into trouble. <laughs> uh, it worked a little bit. Um, but I'm sure you saw some of those days where we'd be there doing sprints and then somebody run over to the garbage can. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I know. <laughs> and they'd I get, know. they'd get a ton of shit. Like when we'd get back to the door, was like, Ah, oh, I can't believe, you, can't believe you puked! can't believe hey, you
1: puked. <laughs> coaches didn't like getting up that early earlier any, any more than the players so oh,
0: that was those were brutal brutal <laughs> yeah. workouts but uh <laughs> they did keep us in line in some respect for sure especially when there's nothing else to do especially up right. there right like there's nothing to do in the winter so uh if if, right. if we weren't doing that we would have yeah who knows how many of us would have made it to spring <laughs> well
1: and at <laughs> least at least you were done for the day you go to class then you have the rest of the night and you guys do whatever you want and
0: It's all good, so. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, (laughs) So, like, what were, just kind of, like, getting into the fun, like, what were some of your favorite memories of coaching us, uh, or, and of your time at Augie? Like, anything, like, stand out, or, like, that you thought was hilarious, or, I mean, anything? Oh, man. Boy, you're taking me back. Um,
1: You know, it's funny, like, I know you want to hear some entertaining, funny stuff, and (laughs) I'm a pretty boring guy for the most part. So I don't know that I have a lot of that. Like, like, I mean, you guys were just interesting as a group anyways, because I don't know if you remember, but I, you guys would have to do a little bit of work study sometimes. You guys would you know, make the popcorn, and we'd be running the concession stands and stuff like that. And yep. I, I don't know. I just like seeing you guys in different environments and seeing you guys hang together and, and doing things. Like, I don't know if you remember, but when we had the popcorn, we had the popcorn machine that was actually in the – concession stand, but we had the big one in the back in the equipment room or the storage room where we did the laundry and all that. You guys would be back there eating popcorn and screwing around and doing whatever you guys are doing and stuff. And I think I had to get on you guys a couple of times for (laughs) stuff like that. Like, I don't know. I just remember like just things like that, just normal everyday stuff.
0: Right. Um, I had totally forgot about running the concession stand. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Right. Like, cause yeah, who's going to remember that. Right. But I had to run that thing. So yeah. you know, of course I remember it. Um, you know, like you said, being on South beach, you guys are all running around uh, looking good in your shorts and doing your thing, hoping to see some girls with no tops on. And I'm the guy holding the briefcase on the, on the beach cause I got thousands of dollars of cash on me that I can't put anywhere else. Right. So I gotta be the dork. <laughs> who's got a briefcase on South Beach, right? I'm that guy. So, you know, yeah. I think of stuff like that, you know, uh Benny. Anytime being with Benny was 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 a good time for me. Some of his comments were just, you know, I don't know how you guys perceived him, but I will say that it was hard for me to get a lot of good uh assistant coaches just from the standpoint that financially I didn't have the money to go get sure. those guys. So sure. I had to get real creative. So to get somebody like Benny, just with his experience and background was, was good. Even though he was a little bit, you know, yeah, you, know, you had to be careful sometimes some of the things he said and how sure. he said it. Well, I might've found it funny. I don't know how you guys at 18, I, took, 19 I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But, but anyways, you know, um, I think of Benny a lot cause he just Perchinsky cracked me up the, uh, when he was with me, like, I don't know, I played racquetball and handball yeah. at all, all the time with some of the faculty there. And like, I remember that because one, I was actually in shape and it was kind of fun and it's just something I look forward to every day. Like, I don't know, man, I I liked it all. Like I said, that, those years there were some of my best years because, I don't know, just sometimes in your life, things just feel right and things sure. are just working right. And that was just one of those times that that it did. Like I'm, I'm teaching a senior summer seminar class with our religion professor. Like who does that? Why is a baseball coach doing that? But I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. He asked me, I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So, you know, like, so like I was just kind of all over the map. I just, there's just a lot of things I remember, but you guys specifically were just a lot of fun because you guys were just young and dumb and full of talent. And just, (laughs) uh, uh, it was just fun to watch you guys. Right. Like to discipline you, so to just cut you guys loose to go do your thing and just to watch you guys grow and, um, you know, watch you play, of course. Right. Um, it sure. was just, um, it was a lot of fun. It was just a good time. Love that. Love it. Love it. I wish sure. I had more colorful stories, but I just, like I said, I don't, I don't have a lot of stories cause like I tried to keep everything so professional around you guys when I saw you. <laughs> cause again, I'm a young coach too. So yeah. I didn't want to like, get down my guard too much. You know what totally. I mean? And be that guy. Especially being a young coach, right? And so um
0: yeah, so anyways. No, I mean well, and obviously like all the all the outrageous stuff like generally took place when you weren't around. Of course. (laughs) You know Uh, Which it should be that way, correct? Yeah, no. I mean it was just like those trips and uh yeah, you know. Again, the hotels, the God, was it the first hotel we stayed in that had like bullet holes in the windows and we ended up leaving or something?
1: Yeah, remember that. So the one, <laughs> the one hotel couldn't get us in for what, and of course they don't let us know until we've landed. We're there and so yeah. now we've got to go find some temporary hotel for a night. And I don't even remember if you guys were four to I don't remember how we did it, but it was miserable and I felt bad for you guys. I was pissed. Because, you know, I feel responsible for it. All right. And sure. we got to go find some new places. Yeah. I mean, that, that stuff happens. They make for great stories later. Correct. But Correct. They suck at the time. Right. Oh, yeah. So, for sure. Yeah.
0: Everybody's like, I can't believe this is happening. But when you look back on it, you're just like, man, this is, that's life. Especially yeah. as you start to experience more life and you, you know, <laughs> right. things right. just happen. Yeah. Right. Like prior to this, my internet went out and I'm down in the basement, you know, kicking and screaming, got to go buy a new modem router trying to fix this. I'm like, I've got to call it three. What the hell is going on? You know, but yeah. I'll look back on it in 10 years and be like, oh, I can't believe I got like that worked up about that or whatever. Right. And that's, so that's just life. Right. And you know, the calamity of, of random things occurring, right. And, and how people react to them and seeing some people getting really upset, some people being scared and, some people just not giving a shit at all. Uh, like, yeah, whatever, man, it's a bed. I'll sleep in it. I don't care. Right. <laughs> right. Benny.
1: I remember, I remember when we drove down to Northwest Missouri state and, um, and we just got there and I'm going into my hotel room and I've got my bag and I'm unpacking it and why I'm traveling with my cologne in the first place. I have no idea. Right. Like, like I'm going out or doing anything <laughs> or I need to smell good. But for some reason I have my cologne just loose in my bag. Well, the the bottle broke. Of course. So the cologne completely had my whole bag, which had my uniforms and everything in it. I mean, it was drenched. I mean, that's all you could smell. And so I had to spend the you know the next six hours going to a laundromat to get my shit (laughs) clean so that I wouldn't smell like death for you guys the next day when we're playing, right? So you know, things like that that you guys would never know, but you know, kind of pissed me off one that I allowed myself to let that happen. And then I, I got to waste the whole night trying to go get it cleaned and somehow get that smell out of the clothes. Right. Like things like that happen. Like you said, life happens sometimes and you
0: just got to deal. That's hilarious. Yeah. 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 Cause you know, you've gotten a ton of shit right from your assistants. Hundred You got a date going? What's going on here?
1: <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could have dug the the extra uniform we carry in our bag on on the trip, but I don't know how that would have fit, and I wasn't <laughs> into just wearing anything like that. Right. You know me. So Right,
0: <laughs> right on. Absolutely. <laughs> um, well, hey, Coach, you have given me an hour and a half of your time. I truly, truly appreciate it. It means a lot, and I know the guys are going to love listening to this, and we're actually all... Jumping on a call tonight. Um, Oh, sweet. So I'll
1: put a shout out to him. I'll tell him I said hello, man. I'm sorry. I'm sorry we haven't kept in touch, but uh, it's not from a a lack of
0: thinking about you guys. It's just life. Life just kind of moves on, you know? Absolutely. Absolutely. But again, that's, that's why I want to do this and, you know, um, keep people connected in some, some respect, whether or not it's, you know, being able to talk face to face like that or screen to screen uh, like this or, you know, being able to listen to it and, and hear everybody kind of like have, you know, tell their story and whatnot. So yeah, uh, I will definitely pass that along. Uh, I know they're we're all very excited to, uh, have a couple adult beverages and just shoot <laughs> the shit tonight. So yeah, uh, I will pass that along, but again, thank you so, so much, um, for doing this, for the experience, uh, of college. Uh, it, it, it again it truly was one of the greatest times of my life so i can't thank you enough for that and you know everything that we learned along the way um yeah man and i hope you're doing well and i hope we do this again right i hope you get a chance to kind of like listen to some of those and come back on and kind of like reminisce even more so yeah i appreciate to do it
1: jeff thank you for having me of course i'm glad uh, everything's turned out well for you you're in a good place I'm glad you had a good experience uh, during those times. You never know. As a coach, we try to do right by you guys, but you just you never know how it's being received and stuff. So um, I'm glad to hear that
0: uh, it was a positive experience for you. I was going to have fun one way or another. <laughs> <laughs> right? I can promise you that. And that's right. And thankfully, that's right. it was all it was all a very 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 good experience. So yeah, mm-hmm. uh, thank you so much, coach. Uh, to everybody listening, uh, means the world. Like, share, comment, subscribe to all that stuff. Uh, Yeah, and until next time, be good, everybody.